Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look. Style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. This episode of the Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by my free Facebook community, aptly named Everyday Style. In this group, you'll find style inspiration, some of my favorite shopping links, and a community of style-minded but not fashion-obsessed women who are always willing to help. Visit the show notes for the link to join. Hello, gorgeous, and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast. I hope you had a chance to listen to last week's show. Not only does it answer the question, who the heck is Linda? But I also gave you five easy ways to up your style this week. I'd love to see in the Facebook group which one you did and what you learned from it. This week, we're kicking off an Everyday Style lecture series talking about the four basic body types, how to know which one you are, and once you know that, how do you dress your body type best? On one hand, I am so excited to bring this series to you. I really believe that understanding your body and how to dress it best is key in making your style come together easily. Not only can you cut out about 75% of the dressing room needle in the haystack search, but you'll also find that the pieces that work best for you go a long way into defining your overall aesthetic. This is hands down what I get asked about the most, so I think it's important to start here. On the other hand, I'm a little apprehensive. When I started working for Chico's in 2001, the first day on the job, I learned my body type and how to dress it best. For someone like me with a challenging body, it was an absolute revelation. I learned why the pants I was buying fit so terribly and why the tops I gravitated toward worked so well. Never for a minute did I use the Apple guidelines to put constraints on myself or say, I can't wear that because I'm an Apple. It was just freeing to me. As many of you know, I started my business in 2012 under the name Apple and Pear Wardrobe. I was on a mission to help women discover and dress their body types. But what I found was that so many of my clients used those guidelines to put constraints and limitations on what they'd wear or even what they'd try. Instead of using the principles to guide them in the general direction, those principles became absolutes and my women were more worried about not getting it wrong than about finding things they loved. I didn't want that for them and I don't want that for you. My other challenge and the reason I let go of the Apple and Pear name is that dressing an individual unique woman is super easy when you have that individual unique body right in front of you. As I've grown to helping women all over the world, that doesn't always translate. Body type information is an art and a science. It's nuanced. Things that shouldn't be right for you won't necessarily be. Not every bit of information will fit every woman. And I hate leading women down the wrong path or giving advice that you can't use. But with that said, if you'll pinky swear to take this information as general guidelines to make your life easier and understand that not every bit of information will fit your body and situation exactly, I'm ready to drop some knowledge on you that could change your life or at least your pants. Did you pinky swear? Okay, good. Now I'm back to being excited again. Let's get started, shall we? Let's kick it off as we always will with lessons from Linda. This week in Lessons from Linda, you're getting a two-for-one deal. 
I want to talk about two Lindas that I used to work with at Chico's. A hundred years ago when I worked there, there were these two older women, we'll call them Linda, who came in frequently. I mean, it was Chico's. There were a lot of older women who came in frequently, but these two were particularly memorable. They were both super well-dressed, but their approaches to shopping and style could not have been more different. So let's talk about Linda number one first. Linda number one, I never saw her go into a fitting room. She probably shopped at Chico's once every couple of weeks. I never, ever saw her go into a fitting room. Instead, she shopped with this little bag of tools. And in her bag of tricks was a little swatch book that showed her best colors. She had a measuring tape. And then she had one of those tiny little mead spiral top notebooks, right? And she had all of her measurements in there. She'd actually gone to a tailor and taken it 10 steps further than bust waist hips. She had her rise measured. She had her inseam measured. She had shoulder to shoulder. She had shoulder drop from your shoulder to your waist. She had um, how long pants should be from waist to knee. I mean, you name it, she had a measurement for it. So the first thing she would do is look for things that were the right colors. Then she would gather them all up and we would get her a little folding table and then she'd lay them out and start measuring. And if the t-shirt she was measuring was not quite the measurement that she needed it, if it was a half an inch too big or a quarter inch too small, it would go back. She would not buy it. She was looking for things that were absolutely perfect based on the scientific information that she had. Now, you might think, well, does that really give a good result? It did, surprisingly. You know, we would see her every couple of weeks and we would see her in the things that she had purchased and they looked really good on her. She got it right. Her scientific method was extremely successful for her. It took her, like I said, like 20 minutes to get in and out of the store and she did well. Now there's Linda number two. Linda number two came in every couple of weeks and when she came in, it was going to be a couple of hours and I never saw Linda number two go in a fitting room either, but she tried on everything. She just happened to try it on wherever she was in the store. She used to say, oh, it's just us girls. So if she was in the clearance area and there was a dress she wanted to try on, she would just strip down and try on the dress. If she wanted to try on a pair of pants in the front of the store, she would just strip down and try on the pants. She was an absolute hoot. Linda did not care about size, color, any kind of roles. Um, she was what we would have considered an extra small in Chico's. And she would try on things that were an extra large. And she'd say, well, let's just see. And it would be, of course, giant on her. And she'd say, well, I could put a belt on it, which is not exactly how sizing works, but okay. She just had a lot of fun. She had a very clearly defined sense of style. Everything that she ended up with looked lovely on her. And so both of these Lindas, even though their approaches were completely different, ended up with really great wardrobes. But I think there's a few things that we could learn from each Linda. From the first Linda, I think we can learn that shopping is much easier when you know your body and what suits you best. You save a ton of time. A lot of my clients that I've worked with, they're overwhelmed by stores. They walk into Nordstrom or Macy's and they just don't even know where to start. You know, they go into loft and they're like, nope, too hard. And they leave. They have no idea. When you know, when you have kind of a guiding principle, whether it's colors or silhouettes or whatever that work best for you, that's a really great place to start and it saves you a ton of time. From the second, Linda, we can take away that style can be fun and a joyful expression of who you are without the constraint of traditional rules. 
But I really wish I would have, we would have had a third Linda in this story, right? One who knew the rules, one who knew the rules, but wasn't a slave to them. One who found the joy in the, in the style process, but maybe had a little bit more direction. Had they joined forces, they could have saved time, had fun, and both had wardrobes that were perfect for them. Make it a goal in life to be the third Linda, to understand where to start, to have some guiding principles, but not so many principles that they become constraints. Okay, are you ready for today's vocabulary lesson? Here comes the word of the week. Today's word of the week is curvy. I chose curvy because we'll be talking about body shapes for the next few weeks, and curvy is a word that is used incorrectly all the time. Frankly, curvy drives me crazy. Curvy is a shape, not a size. Curvy means smaller in the waist in proportion to the measurement of the hips or rear. It does not mean anything over a size 14. Curvy is a shape, not a size. But why do I hate the misuse of this word so much? First of all, it's confusing. I've had women on social media send me strongly worded messages when I've posted pants, then I, I would say, these are good for curvy figures. And they're all, if you think that model is plus size, you're part of the problem. Obviously, they haven't met me. I've had salespeople in stores take me to the plus size department when I ask for curvy pants for a client. Nobody understands what curvy really, really means. The second reason I hate this word is that it's insulting. We've co-opted it to take the sting out of calling sizes plus or extended. But honestly, I think it's worse because what we're really saying is that it's so bad to be plus size that we had to come up with a cute new word for it. The idea that you can be one of many body shapes if you're thin, but once you hit a size 14 or above, you're now curvy is ludicrous. I don't care if my body was a 2, a 12, or a 22. My waist will never be small in proportion to my hips. That's not how my body works, and it's not how a lot of bodies work. When we dig into body types in the lecture series, I'll explain that more fully. But for now, can we just start using the word curvy correctly? Okay, before we take a break, I want to share an important quote with you that you should keep in mind when we're discussing body types. It's time for philosophy. Today's quote is from Pablo Picasso, who said, you must learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. That's what we're doing over these next few episodes, teaching you to understand the sciency part of wardrobing so you can apply the art of wardrobing. Women love to call me out when they see me wearing something that isn't best for an apple, but what they don't realize is that I know the trick for making pieces work. Maybe I'm wearing horizontal stripes on my upper half, but they're micro stripe, which actually have an optical illusion effect. Maybe I'm wearing a higher neckline than I'd recommend, but I'm wearing a longer necklace that balances the effect. You get my drift, right? There are ways to break the rules so that they work for you, but unless you understand the foundation and the right way to do it first, you'll never get there. We'll be back in a second with the lecture series. Okay, everybody, school is back in session. Get ready for our first Everyday Style Lecture Series. Today, what we're going to do is cover some body type basics, things that apply to everyone, no matter what your shape is. I do want to encourage you to listen to all the body type episodes because you'll probably pick up little nuggets of wisdom you can apply to your own situation. Also, so much can be learned if you take an if-then approach. If shift dresses are great for women without defined waist, then they're probably not great for women who do have well-defined waist. Does that make sense? So I really, again, want to encourage you to listen to all of the body type episodes, even if they don't apply to you. Okay, so here are the body type basics every woman should know. 
There are 10 of them. Get ready. Number one, there is no right or wrong body type. You don't get a medal for being an hourglass or a style violation for being a pair. A few years ago, I was giving a body type presentation to a group of women. And right after I went over this rule, literally right after, the group asked if we could take a break so I could give everyone a two-second body type evaluation so they'd know what to look for in the next part of the presentation. I'm a go-with-the-flow kind of girl, so I said yes, and everyone who wanted my opinion lined up. Not five minutes after saying there's no best, women were cheering every time I declared someone an hourglass like they had won the lottery. That is not how body types work. As someone who has dressed every body type there is, believe me when I tell you there are things that are easier and harder about dressing each type. And we'll talk about those things in the future episodes. But for now, there's no right or wrong. That's what you need to hang on to. Number two, body types are not the result of good or bad habits. You cannot diet yourself into a rectangle or exercise your way out of a pair. What body types are is your skeleton and where fat naturally goes on your body. That's it. It's really pretty objective. Number three, body types are largely genetic. I bet if you look back in your family tree, you can find a woman whose body is similar to yours. If you don't like your body, you can go ahead and blame her. I give you permission. Number four, body types are about proportion, not size. A woman can be a size 22 hourglass because the definition of an hourglass is that the waist is significantly smaller than her hips or bust. Just because your waist is bigger than it used to be or than you'd like it to be does not mean your body shape has changed. If your bust and hips got bigger too, you keep the same proportions. Does that make sense? It has nothing to do with your size. It has to do with the proportion. Body shapes are the relationship between your shoulders and bust, your waist, and your hips. I often talk with women who tell me they're a pair because they have big hips, but that tells me nothing. I don't know if their waist is much smaller than their hips, and I have no idea what's going on up top. By the way, you might have just noticed that I said bust and shoulders. Conventional wisdom tells us that body shape is determined by bust, waist, hips, right? I mean, it's 36, 24, 36. That's it's kind of what we always hear. However, I find bust measurement to be a little unreliable. Lots of things can change your bust size. Pregnancy, breastfeeding, weight gain or loss, a good bra, a good doctor. Of all of our measurements, that one changes the most. What doesn't change is your shoulders, which make a big visual impact on how your upper body appears. If you have broad shoulders, I don't care how big your boobs are, you're going to appear bigger on top. If you have narrow shoulders, don't care how big your boobs are, you're going to look smaller on top. So I go by shoulders. This brings me to number six, by the way. By and large, body types do not change. The size 22 hourglass I mentioned earlier, she would be a size 12 hourglass or a size two hourglass because again, it's your skeleton and where fat comes and goes. We all know our patterns of weight gain or loss, right? Some of us lose it in the boobs first. Some of us gain it in the butt first. It's just your makeup and you can't really change it. Women always say childbirth or having kids changes their body shape. But after doing this as long as I have, what I have found is that having kids usually just makes you more of whatever you were before. Usually an apple's uh, midsection gets a little bit thicker, pears' hips get bigger. Often having kids pushes us into considering our body types more than we ever did before. With that said, in menopause, start to carry weight differently, usually in the midsection. Doesn't mean necessarily mean that all women become apples, but it could be that your shape shifts a little. That's one of the only times that your body shape truly changes. I will say major cosmetic surgery can also cause a shift in, in body shape, but beyond that, you are what you are. 
Okay, number seven, every body within a body shape is different. If I had a hundred pairs in, in the room with me right now, I'd have a hundred different versions of pairs. How high the waistline is, how much of a difference there is between the waist and the hip measurement. If they carry extra weight in the rear or if they carry it on the, the hips or thighs, every single body would be a little bit different. I've always said that the more extreme your body type is, the more the guidelines will help you. Number eight, I focus on the four basic body types, apple, pear, hourglass, and rectangle. I have a book that has 16. I have a, I follow a blog that uses 12. Basically, the extras over four are variations on the core four. And I'll talk about those variations in each episode. Most women have a primary body type and a, a secondary body type or variation. Can be a little bit of, of two. There are a few that you can't be, and we'll talk about them when we get there. All right, number nine, what we perceive as flattering changes over time. The ideal body shape changes, what's current in fashion influences what we think of as the most flattering pieces. I have body type books from the 80s and 90s and beyond, and they all recommend different, sometimes conflicting silhouettes as best. The advice I'm giving you is valid in 2019 only and is subject to change. Finally, number 10, and most importantly, Dressing your body shape is one part of the style equation. It is not the only thing that matters, and it doesn't have to be the most important thing. The most flattering thing you can wear are the things that make you feel confident and happy. If it goes against today's wisdom, that's okay. Wear what you love. You know, Audrey Hepburn said, happy girls are the prettiest. And even if, if there's a neckline that's not right for you or, you know, a dress shape that's not right for you, but that thing makes you feel beautiful, that is the best thing for you. All right, that was a lot of information and I wanna thank you for hanging into the end. Your homework this week is to make a note of your body's proportions. In relation to your shoulders, bust, and hips, is your waist well-defined, right? So look in the mirror and look at your shoulders and your bust and then your hips. Is your waist well-defined? Meaning, does it go in quite a bit or not so much? You don't need to get a calculator. You don't even need to get a measuring tape. Just just look. That's all I want you to do this week. In relation to your lower body, what's going on up top? Are your shoulders bigger than your hips? Are they equal to your hips or smaller than your hips? Knowing this will set you up for success next week. Okay, that's all I've got for you. Tune in next week to see which body type we're featuring first. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, the Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to the Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week. Importantly, dressing your body shape is one part of the style equation. It is not the only thing that matters, and it doesn't have to be the most important thing. The most flattering thing you can wear are the things that make you feel confident and happy. If it goes against today's wisdom, that's okay. Wear what you love. You know, Audrey Hepburn said, happy girls are the prettiest. And even if, if there's a neckline that's not right for you or, you know, a dress shape that's not right for you, but that thing makes you feel beautiful, that is the best thing for you.
All right. That was a lot of information. And I want to thank you for hanging into the end. Your homework this week is to make a note of your body's proportions in relation to your shoulders, bust and hips is your waist well-defined, right? So look in the mirror and look at your shoulders and your bust and then your hips is your waist well-defined. Meaning does it go in quite a bit or not so much? You don't need to get a calculator. You don't even need to get a measuring tape. Just just look. That's all I want you to do this week. In relation to your lower body, what's going on up top? Are your shoulders bigger than your hips? Are they equal to your hips or smaller than your hips? Knowing this will set you up for success next week. Okay, that's all I've got for you. Tune in next week to see which body type we're featuring first. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.